Welcome to the Distracted Driving Podcast. I'm Sean Genovese. I'm Rex Williams. Wow, you brought it that time. Welcome, uh, welcome back. We have uh, an exciting surprise for both of our listeners yeah, I today. Yeah, I can hear the excitement in your voice. Mm-hmm. Maybe yes. We have a, a very <laughs> special guest, Andrea Clough, like tough. She's tough, tough like tough. C L O U G H. Common spelling. And Andrea, uh, now that's, it's spelled, as we've discussed before, it's spelled Andrea, but it, it's pronounced Andrea, right? <laughs> yes. It's spelled for some ears. Uh, Very good. Yes. Um, well, Andrea is the engineer whisperer. Yes. But Hello. let's not whisper today because we want people to hear us. <laughs> She's whispering to me. Um. <laughs> Yeah, Rex and I, uh, Rex and I worked. Uh, is it fair to say we worked with you? We worked near you. We worked around her. We're engineers. We worked adjacent. <laughs> adjacent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to her, yes. At one point. In the same building. In the same building. In there the you same go. Building. That's, that's in the same building. adjacent. Uh, city, but we had but... meetings where we would be together sometimes. And now Andrea has moved on to become the engineer whisperer. So. I um I want to talk about that and um, kind of find out a little bit more about how you ended up as the engineer whisperer because as a, I recall you are not by degree an engineer. Um, but before we get to that, I got to tell you guys a story and then maybe we can get Andrea okay. to uh, to comment on it. Story time. This is. Uh, this is kind of an addendum to what we talked about uh, in a previous episode about the dog poop. What would you say? <laughs> Dilemma? No. Initiative. The, the dog poop initiative. You educated oh. me on the dog poop initiative, Where's my Rex. Book? Did you get the book? She and, told me uh, I got my book down. So I actually have video of this, but this is a, uh, a primarily audio podcast. So I'm not going to bother sharing the video. I'll just describe it over the weekend, um, holiday weekend. And uh, we had some friends and family over and we were playing cornhole out in the backyard. I love cornhole. I'm the champion. And we had, uh, we had a couple of dogs here, uh, geriatric dogs, um, (laughs) which is kind of relevant. (laughs) <laughs> for what happens they were next. older in their time yeah so um so one of our friends and and his sons were uh had set up the cornhole they're um they're playing they're a couple of rounds in and they don't notice but after they finish tossing their last uh, bag to the other side they start walking and as they start walking over to the other cornhole board one of the dogs was laying down in the shade next to him stood up or like moseyed up because geriatric dog and then begins to mosey across the path of the cornhole lane, dropping some uh, <laughs> landmines along the way. Because when you're a geriatric canine, that's how you do it. <laughs> and at first they didn't notice. So they actually played the next round and tossed the beanbags over. And then as they're <laughs> walking over, actually, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I went back and checked the surveillance footage afterwards. 
what draw what drew my attention what drew my attention is i'm sitting down and i noticed them pick the board up and move it about five feet off to the side and so now they had to because of how my backyard is they had to angle both of them they had to reposition both of them so now they're at like a diagonal and then i kind of looked over and i saw a dog walking away and and i saw a little something something in the grass and i said did they just move the cornhole in order to avoid the dog poop exactly and that is exactly what happened and I started telling the story of the dog poop initiative. It was my brother's dog. So he went and got a bag and, and went and <laughs> picked it up. He and wasn't I, he wasn't on the one playing. He was not. He was. OK. Not. Yeah. But I just thought, wow, talk about um, art imitating science or life imitating art or. Um, yeah, I, it was sure a real experience go, but... that happened that, you know, because it's a book that that a guy wrote. It was a real experience for him. And then he's based his whole consulting, like he's like this big time consultant that speaks at companies and goes around his whole consulting <laughs> premise. On and we that just book. proved it <clears throat> uh -huh. unintentionally proved it or validated, I should say, the principle. So uh, my question for Andrea uh, in your work <laughs> as the engineer whisperer, first of all, have you heard of the dog poop initiative? Um, I know you listened to episode two. So had you heard of the dog poop initiative prior to that? And have you ever used it either as such or, or in a different metaphorical sense? So I haven't heard about it before I listened. So that would be a no. Have I used not this um, with these words <laughs> and visual, uh, but um, I have used the psychological meaning of I heard, I think I used hot potato before, um, not as smelly as the doctor. <laughs> yeah. um, she and, didn't know uh, we were going to put that on in the intro, but. Uh, and some yeah. other other ones. So not in this context and in this way. <clears throat> have, have the you, meaning, yes. Have you experienced that phenomenon where rather than just uh, addressing an issue, people go out of their way? to skirt around it oh of course i've done it myself too i talking about stories i have my own first story kind of like that with um so i grew up in an apartment building um now my husband says it was an apartment those four condos because we owned them so in a building where we owned the apartments yes thank and, you. accuracy is our hallmark here appreciate <laughs> yep yep um, okay my husband will be proud of me so i lived on the fourth floor and on the second floor there was this really kind um lady who took care of me sometimes babysit me and i failed in doing something i can't remember as a little girl what i did but I avoided that door <laughs> like dog poop for a very <laughs> long time. Uh, and I was so scared that she's going to open the door and she's going to ask me or see me or, or anything. Um, I remember for a long time. Well, how long was it in a child's life? Probably a few weeks <laughs> yeah, until yeah. I decided, okay, it's time to pick it up. Yeah. So I went unknocked and I 
I uh, I don't know, apologized or did what I needed to do. Um, but yeah, so that was my very first memory of avoiding. Yes, it's it's it, we're born with it. Um, well, I think uh, you, you know, years ago I did a talk about uh, I called it "What Color Is Your Fire Hydrant." And it was about communication and it was based on the idea that, you know, fire hydrants have colors that, that mean something, which you can go re read my blog post on that later. That'll be, I did actually already. Um, oh, nice. But this is kind of, so after I did that, I just couldn't stop seeing fire hydrants and I couldn't <laughs> stop seeing colors. And I feel like now that Rex has introduced me to the dog poop initiative, Unfortunately, I think I'm going to be cursed with seeing dog poop everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. And this is awesome uh, because now you, you go on the other side of, of the horse. It's the curse of the knowledge that I do work with engineers a lot who, mm -hmm. as we all three know, have a lot of knowledge and they're proud of knowing a lot. And um, what stops them in their track when I ask them a about the curse of their knowledge so a little bit what you're talking about that once we know something now it becomes so obvious that now what we do so yeah we don't we, we don't see another side or another way to look at it because we know what it, it's right right and the other curse is that we we get so familiar seeing just use dog poop in this case, uh, that we assume that everybody else is seeing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, tell us then a little bit more about, um, you know, you just said you, you work with engineers. I introduced you as the engineer whisperer because that's what it says on your website. Uh -huh. um, and her husband's an engineer, right? No, no, he's not. He's you, made, not? you made that up, buddy. That's fake news. Oh, he would like to be. He behaves so, like one. So tell oh, okay. us, tell, well, tell us, Andre, don't, don't let us put, put fake information out here. Let's, <laughs> let's let you tell us what, what do you do as the engineer whisper? What does that mean? <clears throat> oh, what does that mean? That I whisper. <laughs> no. And that I, I work with amazing human beings who happen to be engineers um, and who want to, take the transformation of not just being great engineers, but impactful engineers. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing work. I don't even call it a job because it's something that I'm so passionate about. And so how, how, how did you end up as the engineer whisperer? What, what, yeah, there's you get a into story that? behind it, right? Like, well, that term, this term, that, that term was actually a gift from a friend who knows me well and knows about my work. And uh, she mentioned it once and um, I gracefully accepted it and started using it. So it's not a term that I came up with. It was a gift. Uh -huh. But the story of, of why I started working with engineers is because when I started becoming a coach, I was working in HR and I thought that all my HR friends gonna be so excited to support me in my growth. 
but they weren't. They are very risk averse and they uh, didn't jump on my offer to to help them out, <clears throat> to start work with them, to learn. Um, so I reached out to my engineering friends. Actually, I reached out to them to see if they know someone else who <laughs> would want to, to work with me. And um, I want to say all of them who I reached out to raised their hands and said, can I do it? Can I, I mean, I can refer you, but can, can I be the one who's going to work with you? <clears throat> so soon after I realized, oh, I like working with engineers. And I've always been around them. I always found them. Um, I have a story of right uh, when I arrived at Boeing um, and my first job, my first all team meeting um, in Seattle in the big, huge conference room there. Uh, yeah. Um, with I don't know how many people in there. And I went, the only available seating was in the very front or they were or they were sending me there I can't remember but I ended up in the very first at the very first table <laughs> and across from me sat down a gentleman and we just started talking we didn't introduce ourselves he didn't like it wasn't about hey what's your name where you work it, I don't remember how, how it started but we started talking about something totally different ended up in Europe her, his daughter was in Europe. I'm from Europe. We were going out, going on a tangent till somebody rang the bell, turned the lights off, and the meeting was on. So after that, he left early. So I didn't even know who he was, where to find him again. <laughs> nothing. Next thing I know, man? yeah, I started working, and then somebody said, "Oh yeah, that was well, that's not good names. That was that person." And then I ended up, yeah, kind of indirectly working with his team and with him. And yeah, we became friends after that. Turns out it was an engineer. Um, so you were you were working um, at Boeing in HR, right? And, yeah, so and, you, and you decided, it, did you decide at that point that, hey, I, I want to kind of be on the coaching side of of uh, human resources, or you decided, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go and do my thing. And, and then you, you thought you were going to do it with HR folks, but then transitioned to engineers. What was the timing on there? I <laughs> neither, neither of those shots. Okay. <laughs> that is yeah. not as black and white as I calculated. At least mine hasn't been. No, I was looking for something different, some more fun and excitement in my career and I was just looking around and I found um oh I went I was sent to um to a workshop I think yeah to a three set three day workshop down in St. Louis and at that workshop I met a woman who was an executive coaching within coach within Boeing we became friends. She told me about her job. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. What is this thing? Like, I've never heard. I, I've worked at Boeing for a long time, but I never knew this group existed. And uh, I, ended, I ended up, yeah, asking her to, to be my coach because I wanted to see what this is about, to experience this. And I was, yeah, going through this career I wanted to change careers and I didn't know how to do it. So she offered to help. And I said, oh yeah, great. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, 
curious anyway. So I yeah. I wanted to experience it on, on my own. I needed it anyways. Uh, so she really helped me uh, as <clears throat> as a, the coachee, the client. So that was your exposure um, to coaching. To coaching. Yeah. Yes, that was my exposure. And Did I realized you? on my own skin, oh, this really works. She, um, she, yeah, she really helped me make um, now looking back the right decision and say no to some other uh, mentors and people, influential people in my life who wanted me to take a different path. And I'm so uh, glad that thanks to her, I could say, no, that, that, that really doesn't match with what I want to do. You don't understand me. So just that clarity, it, it, it was amazing. What It really helped me. So after that, I, I, I don't know, I just had this thought of, huh, maybe I can be part of that team. And then the team, I interviewed a few of the members and the word was that, well, uh, you need credentials to get in here. And I didn't have any credentials. Papers. <laughs> Papers. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then uh, that motivated me even more. I'm like, oh, 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 okay, this is the closed club, closed member <laughs> club. I want to get in even more. And um, I always did things on my, on, well, on my own and on my way. Uh-huh. So um, how I really started it, I decided that um, my, my brother's wedding was coming up. So I decided that when I go back to Europe, I'll tell everyone that I'm a coach. Nice. and I did <laughs> and I almost picked up a client a couple as well um, the woman was owning a bakery back home so if I would have been local they were ready to hire me we just couldn't figure out the logistics right there with me being in the U.S. Now, I remember I had no business I had no idea what I'm doing I, I uh, listen we we know we know a guy who just uh you know he's been doing it long enough he just does whatever he wants i feel like you're channeling that you know i'm gonna be a coach (laughs) yeah i think i did i think i channeled steve because i everyone i talked to believe me even my best friend who i confessed later that yeah this is really not happening but i got that feeling of but if this could be happening and i Uh that feeling of not that I don't need the, paper, the education, the certification, but the, that internal feeling of, oh, yeah, this is my talent, kind of coming back to my roots, mm. coming back to who I am. Yeah. And after that little experiment, I came home and uh, my husband, who always tell, tells the truth, <laughs> uh, says, well, yeah, I always knew that you're going to be a great coach. You've been doing this for years since I know you or even, and even before. <laughs> So go for it. Uh, now, if he had said that to you before, it wouldn't have made a difference. But these random strangers that you met overseas <laughs> yeah. wanted to use you as a coach. And so now your confidence was uh, was bolstered. Well, I think I didn't tell him of this experiment of mine, little experiment. Mm-hmm. I, was in, I did not disclose that because I didn't know how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so after that, I came back and I told him about, oh, yeah, I did this. And he wasn't surprised. Yeah. So now um, now you are a coach um, because you've declared it to be. Uh, and, <laughs> did and I you know do that the you're... training then? or um... I did, though. That just <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> I did. I went through the certification program 18 months and uh, uh... I'm certified and then I also accredited by the International Coaching Federation. 
Awesome. And so uh, for, for somebody listening um, that maybe doesn't know, well, what, what would a coach do with an engineer? Uh, How, how, what's your, what's your elevator pitch? What, what do you do? What do you whisper to engineers? (laughs) Is it quadratic equations? (laughs) Probably not. Pythagorean theorem. Um, well, let me tell you through a story of what I do. Yeah. When I was little, I used to spend my summers at my grandma's house. She lived 12 kilometers from the town in a little village, you know, in a house with a big yard, big garden with animals, dogs, chicken, um, ducks. And um, she was a storyteller. She lived through the war and I loved asking her about the war and her experience. So I remember one afternoon I was sitting on the couch and she probably just finished one of her stories. And she turned to me and asked and said, Andrea, now I have a question for you. And I remember as a child being so excited, wow, grandma has a question for me. Like, ah, what can I, what can I answer? And she asked me a question that change the trajectory trajectory on my life so she asked Andrea what do you think people will do after I die and I remember without hesitation and and you were you were how old I was before first grade so okay that's that's a heavy question to ask a a kindergartner (laughs) yeah let me finish and then see if it's still a heavy one so she asked me that question and I remember to this day, without any hesitation, just going into, well, grandma, when you're going to pass away, we're going to have the biggest party at your house. Everybody's going to come in the village who knows you, who knew you, who interacted with you. We're going to have music, we're going to have good food, and we're going to celebrate you. We're going to celebrate all the people that you impacted, that you've spoken with. And I remember my grandma's face kind of looking at me, you know, kind of puzzled of, well, this wasn't the right, and this wasn't the answer I expected of her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and then she turned that look into a big smile and, and said, tell me more. <laughs> so she allowed me to just, again, tell her as, as, with, the, as with a young heart, uh-huh. any without any judgments to just tell her how I felt, how I felt yeah. about her. And you know, part of the story is that she was the one whom I felt always comfortable with being. I had kind of a situation at home with my mom uh, and my dad. Um, so when I was with my grandma, it was like I was free. I was independent. I, I was allowed to do things that... Um, I wasn't allowed at home and the environment. She, she was the wisest woman to this day that I've ever met, although she just had four, four grades of schooling. Um, but how she treated people and everyone um, came by and knocked, didn't even knock on the door. She had a, literally an open gate, like we say that in corporate, an open door for everyone. And people uh-huh. came and always checked on her. She lived by herself and helped her out so in my mind as a child it was 
everything that grandma gave to others will be just returned to her. And it will be a celebration of her life, of how she impacted everybody else around her. And right. I, I didn't think about the passing as, as something sad. sad. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So in that moment, and from that moment on, that was the first time that I can remember that feeling of someone being with you, truly with you and listening to you, and you're being heard, and moreover, you're safe to say whatever you mean to say. Mm -hmm. It's not censored. It's not going to be judged. It's not going to be held against you. So what I do with engineers is I create that space that grandma created with me. And I invite them in to come in and just sit down and just have a conversation and I will listen. And I will listen in a way that grandma taught me to listen. And they feel that and then they start talking. I had experiences where engineers who talk a lot quiet down and those who quiet down they're quiet they, they speak up so in that space they're heard and listened to and then together we solve obstacles and and there's like you're with your grandma there's no wrong answers there's no. a kind of an irony in that because engineers like to uh, always try to find the right answer yeah, um, yeah. But I remember reading, you, you wrote about this story. I think it was one of your first um, uh, articles on your website. There's a, a picture. The picture you used was the picture of your actual grandma's house, right? It's not. It's no? from the same village. But same it's village. Not. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think she expected you to say? Do you, you think know, she I... had an expectation? I don't even know why she asked me that question. Just like you, you like, I, yeah. where did that yeah. question come from? Uh -huh. I, I remember being very curious about the war, about um, what happened. And I remember still to this day stories that she told me about how one, one day her neighbor who was Jew said hi. And the next day, she said hi to that same person who was taken, who'd been taken away, been walking away and never to meet that person again. So I think death um, was part of, and dying uh, was part of our conversations because it was part of life and it was part of her mm -hmm. life. Uh, my grandpa passed away and then that was... Um, and her first husband died in the war. Sorry, go ahead. How did, long did, was she? Uh, did she live after that question to you? Is it... Um. So let's say I was five, uh, nine, ten years. Oh, she died okay. when I was in high school. Okay. Okay. And, and I don't know if we said uh, what country was this in. This was in Romania. I am Hungarian. some rich history there so um i think you i don't think i'm actually looking at it right now um you you're 
when you wrote about this and kind of when you just described it, but particularly when you wrote about it, you used the, the phrase, uh, uh, hear my heart singing kind of a lot. There's a, a, a recurrence there. So I, I guess that's the, uh, is it, would you say that is the, the core then of what you do as the engineer whisperer as you're trying to, to get those hearts to sing and, and find out what song it is? What I do is I just create space for any singers to show up. <laughs> well, yeah, you said you you have you make great engineers become impactful engineers. Because we all know how to sing. Yeah. We all secretly well. sing in the shower. We sing somewhere. <laughs> it doesn't matter of the voice. It's a skill. It's it's uh it's an act that we all do because it creates joy. It's a psychological joy. <clears throat> so if we wouldn't be told that our voices are bad, we would be all singing. But then at some point in our life, somebody says, oh, quiet down, too loud. That's not, that's not the right voice. Not yeah, good yeah. enough. I heard better. That's good, yeah. So forth. <laughs> So we shut that down. And that's where we're going to have to shut it down for this episode. We've already gone a little long. So I think, uh, I think that's a good spot to stop and we'll, we'll pick it up again next time. Yeah. Um, you don't want to listen for too long. Um, but there was so much good material. She keeps going. We, we have a great conversation. So we decided to break it up and have another part two episode that uh, you can check out. So. That's going to be awesome. You, you know what this reminds me of? What does you're, it remind you of you, Sean? <laughs> you, remember, uh, you remember Lucille Ball? Yes. I love yes. Lucy. Yeah. We're going to date ourselves here. So what, what people might not know, and this, this predates both of us, just, just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. They were Lucy, old when we were kids. Okay. <laughs> Lucy uh, had a bunch of shows, but uh, she Ricky, was actually yeah. one of the first podcasters in the world get out of here in 1964 she started doing a show on cbs radio where oh. she would go she would travel around with a reel-to-reel -reel, uh tape recorder to wow. different celebrities and she would just have conversations with them wow. and then they would air those conversations they were about 15 17 20 minutes long it aired on cbs radio and recently, uh, Sirius XM created a channel dedicated to airing them back to back. No way. And now you can actually go and get them on, uh, on a, uh, as a podcast. Huh. But wow. she would have some of those conversations she would have would span more than the 15 minutes. And so she would say, you know, we're just, is it okay if we can continue this conversation tomorrow? And they would uh -huh. cut it and they would pick <laughs> it up the next day. So that's what we're going to do here with Andrea. Okay. We we'll are going to pick it up it next tomorrow. time. <laughs> Which may um, or may not be tomorrow. And more good stuff to come. We're going to talk uh, about idea parties. and uh, how Everyone loves involved. a party. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and everyone wants their idea solved or problem. Oh, yeah. She doesn't call problems. And we got to remove the obstacles. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna Listen remove to us it. as the obstacle okay. to you getting along <laughs> with your day. And, yeah. Uh, Let's remove us. See you next time. All right. <laughs>